Welcome to the third bonus episode of Deep Pacific, a podcast that shares Pacifica views and voices. I'm Kalani Regis, your millennial indigenous advocate and host. I am excited to bring this unexpected bonus episode to your beautiful ears, minds, hearts, and spirits. We are recording in the final week of September, my birth month, 2020, when Black lives all around the world still matter. Papua New Guinea Independence Day just happened on September 16th, so happy Papua New Guinea Independence Day to my Papuans. They have a beautiful and diverse culture that is and has been under attack by Indonesia, so free West Papua. Also, we have just gotten the news about Breonna Taylor. I'm so sorry, Breonna. May your memory continue to move on and live on the lips of all Black Lives Matter movements. Also, don't forget that queer people, especially our Pacifica queer people, still need to be supported. That will not change. I really also enjoyed seeing posts about Tongan Language Week in Aotearoa, as well as Manit Week in the Marshall Islands. I love it when we celebrate our diverse cultures. Let me begin with the acknowledgement that I am recording on Guahangi Islas Marianas, a territory occupied by the United States. I am not from Guam, so I consider myself a settler here, although I am Chamorro. It is still with respect that I occupy this land and space. Unlike the US military who has decided that it's totally okay to bomb the hell out of our Pacific Ocean from Guam. So there's that. In this episode, a departure from the usual. I apologize that I know this is not the family episode you were expecting. That episode is still coming though because it is definitely a subject which we need to do justice to. This is actually an episode I have been wanting to put out for some time now. A bonus episode that's really just speaking from the heart. This episode will be about my deep Pacific journey and what it means to me and what it means to others in the deep Pacific team. So hold on tight because you will also hear from Tomas and Haani. Let's do it. Let's dive in. We begin every episode with a quote from an indigenous person that resonates Today's quote is an excerpt from one of my favorite blogs ever, created by a Pacifica scholar, specifically Dr. Emilani Case, one of the great Kanakamali scholars and lecturers in Pacific Studies. This was one of my favorite entries on her blog from a keynote address she gave at the annual Kui Kalono conference in 2018. The conference theme that year was Ehoa Mana, which means to ignite mana. Mana being something like a spiritual life force, the energy within which must be cultivated and can be healing and powerful. Do not allow yourself to be disempowered. Not by others, not by society, not by institutions that threaten our existence, and most importantly, not by you and the stories you tell yourself. Do not ever think that you are too small too insignificant, too young, or too busy to make a difference. Be okay with being uncomfortable every once in a while, especially if it's for the earth. Be bold and brave. Be a presence. 
Critics may tell you that your efforts cannot and will not save the world. Do them anyway. Continue to chant and sing of our existence. Continue to hold your signs and demand change and justice. Continue to learn and to educate yourselves. And continue to cultivate hope, to plant it, to nurture it, and to watch it sprout and grow. And when anyone tells you it's useless, refuse to let that be the story you adopt. Refuse to let that be the story you tell. We were born of great people and our descendants will be born of great people if we persist and if we never lose our drive to work towards a better and stronger nation, even if we cannot know what that will look like or feel like right now. What I tell myself and what now motivates me is what Thomas King once said, don't say in the years to come that you would have lived your life differently if only you had heard this story. You've heard it now. So be the change. Look within. Clear the space. And ehoa mana. Dr. Emilani Case, as I mentioned, is a Pacifica Kanaka Maoli scholar and lecturer in Pacific Studies at the Victoria University of Wellington, an activist, indigenous and climate change advocate, and soon-to-be author of the book Everything Ancient Was Once New, Indigenous Persistence from Hawaii to Kahiki to be published early next year, 2021. So, with that beautiful quote behind us, what is this episode about? Well, last episode was about the value that we Pacifica people hold. This one will be about what values this podcast holds. To do that, I'll read you the mission of this podcast. And trust me, it's only four bullet points. We will get through it together. The mission statement of Deep Pacific. One, to reinforce the connection that Pacifica people share throughout Oceania and surrounding areas by sharing their stories and experiences. Two, to raise awareness for cultural, political, social, and economic issues that need to be addressed by engaging in dialogue with people familiar with those places. Three, to increase representation of everyday Pacific Islander voices by providing safe and uplifting spaces and platforms to engage. Finally, to normalize scientific discussion in our communities using critical analysis and thought while acknowledging biases that may exist. Okay, so now that you have heard our mission statement for Deep Pacific, what are our values? How do those values guide us through to knowing what's important to accomplish our mission? And let me just go into them a little bit here. What we value here at Deep Pacific is representation. And not just any representation. Authentic representation. A lot of people that go on are are contributors. They usually state things like their positionality or, you know, whether they are a diaspora or where they stay, where their roots are from, and nobody claims to speak for the entirety of any one culture. And that's what I love, and that's what I wish more people would do. So really, it's just down to qualifying yourself. And, you know, maybe sometimes you need a reminder that our cultures are not monoliths. So really, that's one of our biggest values. Representation is big also in the sense that we need to see more of the voices that actually are a part of the populations, as opposed to just the places that have the most voices. 
So most people, when they go into Pacifica Twitter, they are very familiar with the big names. Dr. Emilani Case is one of them, and for good reason. And many other scholars and poets and activists and artists are huge names in the Pacifica space. But are they the majority of people? No, they are not. And because of that, what we wanted to represent in this podcast are the people that are not at the very tippity top or well-known names. We wanted to include voices that don't normally get heard. The struggling college students, the manual laborers, the people who work at banks, the people who don't work, the ones who are still trying to find their place in the world and the ones who are very passionate about where they're from. Those are the voices that we look to represent and those are the people that we believe don't get heard very much. And so that representation was incredibly important to us. So another one is integrity. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Integrity is really big to me as a value for this podcast. And I hope you see that. It's my hope that everything on this podcast is completely honest. But if anything isn't, I definitely plan to check myself and to issue a correction, you know, right away. Another value is critical thinking. And that I try to use every podcast episode. Um, Every time we engage in dialogue or I listen to a contributor, I try to think about what they say and think about what it means and think about what the message is. And I will be honest, I don't always spend a lot of time thinking about it, but I definitely try to get down to the bottom of everyone's messages and see what does this all come to. And at the end of the episode, I usually give a little rundown of that. Also including the scientific portion of the episode speaks to the critical thinking value. Another value we hold is re-indigenization or indigeneity. We definitely value that because a lot of our contributors are considered indigenous. I myself and all of the team are indigenous peoples. And so because of that, of course that's our value. And so that's what sets us apart. Self-awareness is another value that we hold dear. And that is how we perceive the podcast might be to others. And so we're constantly thinking every time we come up with a topic episode or every time we are writing a prompt for the episode, what are we wanting to convey? What question does this answer? Or, you know, what discussion needs to be had? So self-awareness is super important and it really influences a lot of the aspects of Deep Pacific, even down to what scientific papers we choose to talk about at the end of every episode. Humility is another one. Obviously, we're not an authority being that all of us literally are college students, graduate students, and we let it be known, you know, this is not a podcast of experts on any issues. This is just a podcast of people 
who are enthusiastic and passionate about their culture and the Pacific Ocean and where their roots are. We try to approach topics with sensitivity. Another value is the timeliness. Timeliness is important. We're trying to coordinate certain things to come out in certain times. The Pride episode was a good example of that. Right now, we are still covering some basics of Pacifica people, such as family and values and such, and we're hoping to build upon these. But of course, us being a new podcast, we are still working out some things and things won't always be timely, but we're trying. This is actually season one of the podcast. We are definitely coming up with topic episode ideas for season two. It's quite ambitious what we have in mind. And I'll speak about this more later. Another value is sustainability. We try to do everything within the podcast in a sustainable manner. I personally am using older equipment um, that I bought secondhand, or at least my microphone is. But for now, it's it's doing the job. We're basically just trying to make this podcast be able to sustain itself and to continue to perpetuate into the future in a way that isn't harmful or wasteful. Another value is interdependence. Interdependence is a super important value for this podcast because we recognize that not one of us will move forward until all of us moves forward. Just like what Dr. Emilani Case was saying in the quote, Do not allow yourself to be disempowered. Not by others, not by society, not by institutions that threaten our existence, and most importantly, not by you and the stories you tell yourself. So the value of interdependence is super important because of that. You know, we know that in our history, our ancestors made contact with each other. Our ancestors were dependent on each other. They valued this connection to each other. And we will too. Although colonization has separated us into Micronesia, Melanesia, Polynesia, and Pacific Rim, that doesn't mean that we'll have to continue in the future. Also, reciprocity is a big aspect of the podcast. Within what we are doing, what we're advocating for, We try to uplift other Pacifica voices. We try to donate and support other creators in other ways as well. And that is something we will continue to do. I am constantly recommending native stories. I am constantly recommending Beyond the Narrative, Digressions of a Fijian, For Micronesians by Micronesians. Fanatsu Podcast is also another great Chamoru podcast out there. And many more. If they are run by an indigenous person of the Pacific, I will recommend it if it aligns with our values and mission as well, because reciprocity is a Pacifica value that cannot be understated. Solidarity is also another huge value of the podcast. And the thing with solidarity is we do uplift and amplify indigenous struggles, struggles of other organizations in the Pacific, However, if there are no indigenous voices being a part of that organization, we do not want to amplify those messages because that just speaks to things that we don't want to get involved with. 
such as, you know, white saviorism. When an org reaches out to us that does not have an indigenous person in their organization, but they want to help out indigenous people, that's great. But it also begs the question, you know, have they even reached out to indigenous people of that place? And that's something that we cannot be a part of. And so because of that, solidarity, our solidarity is with the people, not with the money. It's with the people, not with the fame, not with the academia. It is with the people. Finally, our last but not least value is the value of respect. So respect means a lot of things to different people. And we have spoken about respect in previous episodes as well. So the way we can respect is we respect ourselves. We must be at peace with the parts of us and our histories that we don't like. We can talk about it if it helps. But, you know, we have to respect our own cultures. And I would not let any of our contributors come on to here and say some crazy stuff and then just be able to not account for it. That's a way that I respect cultures. We are very big on solidarity and you can't build solidarity without respect. And I hope that the topics and the time we are spending and the attention we are bringing forth to these organizations and topics and episodes, I hope that we are doing them respectfully. And I hope you, my awesome Deep Pacifica, can see that. And so now that you have heard that, I have to do justice to this question of what does Deep Pacific mean to me by giving the mic off to Ha'ani. Love that girl. She is the associate producer of Deep Pacific, as well as to Tomas. They are also an associate producer of Deep Pacific, so let them take it away. Here is Ha'ani first. Hafid and Talofa, everyone. It's me, Ha'ani. I just wanted to hop on here and answer the question, what does Deep Pacific mean to me? Kind of verbatim and ad lib compared to my other submissions, but I think that this question couldn't have come at a better time just because I've been so mentally fatigued and drained from beginning my PhD program in the past couple of months. And I love this question because it allows me to kind of sit and reflect on this great space that Deep Pacific has given me. So to first answer this question, I think it's important to talk about how I came aboard (laughs) or on board to this team. So about two or three episodes into Deep Pacific's genesis, I discovered the podcast through the official Twitter. And as I was listening through each episode, I realized that I wasn't speeding through it and I wasn't like aimlessly wandering off in thought, but I was really engaged in what was being presented to me. And everyone's like stories and contributions made it feel as if I was sitting at this table. I think the unique way that we don't use the usual call and response, sit down, face-to-face type of interview style that's associated with podcasts really makes us unique and it makes it seem as if You're at that table with all of these contributors. You're in, you know, your backyard kitchen. You're at the ranch. You're just chilling and you're talking story. And I really loved how all this information was presented. It made it feel so homey and so natural. 
So I knew that I wanted to get involved with this podcast because I thought it was so unique, but I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I intended. So I aimlessly just messaged the Twitter account and I said, hey, my name's Ani. I just wanted to say I love the podcast and if I could help in any way, please let me know. And I think at the time I thought that I would want to just maybe submit some scholarly articles or letters that um, the podcast could depart from or use as topics for future episodes. But to my surprise, um, in a very fast response, I think the day of or the next day, Kalani, our brilliant founder and host for Deep Pacific, um, reached out to me. And, you know, she said, come on board, help us. And I would love for you to work with us on the podcast. And right at that moment, I think I already knew that this was something special because, you know, compared to other organizations I've been in, there's been, you know, it's kind of a delay in getting involved or it takes some warming up to get used to. And sometimes you don't even stick with the organization. But with this, Kalani made me feel very at home and she made me feel seen and just in that encounter alone i was like okay this is something that i really love and i feel will be great and amidst covid lockdown here in guahan and with our social distancing regulations we had our first official meeting me kalani and tomas to just get together and talk about how we see the podcast evolving and even at our first meeting it was at um, a beach park here in guahan I felt so at ease. I didn't have to feel like I was putting up a front. It was very just as if we had all been friends for such a long time. And from that point on, we have had our weekly meetings. That's something I look forward to. Um, not really a meeting, but us just talking story maybe 80% of the time and honestly doing podcast work the other 20%. But that just goes to show how not only passionate we are about the podcast and all the beautiful voices that come onto the podcast, but how we just are so passionate about our culture, about language revitalization, about climate change, about sustainability. All of these things we found were super important to us and we connected on that level. And that's something I am so grateful for. Um, our meetings, yes, but just my you know, Deep Pacific Admin or Council is what we call ourselves. So Moss and Lani, I'm so thankful for you. And not only that, I am eternally grateful for Deep Pacific for connecting me with so many kind people throughout the Pacific. Um, for example, Kavena is um, the one who presented on RIMPAC. I just discovered in the past month or so that me and him are actually in the same cohort for the political science program at UH Manoa. So I've been getting to know him as well, and he's all the way in Hawaii, and I'm here in Guahan. So just having these connections and being able to network across the ocean and is maybe something that wouldn't have been possible 20 or so years ago is amazing to me. And um, Kavena invites us to attend events based in Hawaii like Cancel Rimpact Coalition and we respond and we show our solidarity not just to him but to other Pacifica people and cultures within our ever-growing collective. So I am very thankful for Deep Pacific for truly <laughs> embodying Pacifica ingenuity and Pacifica love, compassion, and solidarity. So in closing, 
I'm just really grateful to be in this space, to have been accepted and to feel seen, honestly. I'm happy to be here and I'm so excited to see how we grow. Sanamaasi Fafatai, Kalani, Tomas, all of our Deep Pacific Collective and to everyone who continues to listen, we are so blessed and truly grateful to have you. Awesome. Sainamaasi Ha'ani for your great piece. And now, here is Tomas. Half a day, everyone. My name is Tomas, the resident Gilita of Deep Pacific. And today, I would like to share what does Deep Pacific mean to me? And I guess right off the bat, its foremost meaning is the idea of authentic representation. When Kalani first approached me about joining the collective, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't realize that she was cultivating a space with many faces. I learned so much about Pacifica cultures from people who live in it every day. I got to hear and read firsthand what it means to be a person of the Pacific. Spread out across our ocean and into the diaspora, I've come to witness insightful and moving stories. I never would have been able to gain these firsthand accounts if it wasn't for Deep Pacific. I would have stayed stuck reading texts that only gave me a glimpse into these cultures. But to get it from the source, that's a whole new experience. It makes what we hear and read ever more valuable and authentic. I've also come to learn that Deep Pacific means knowing your position in life. I've always had this idea that to be Pacifica, we need to be living in the Pacific, which for the most part is true. But also I've realized that our place in life, whether geographically, professionally, or personally, affects these representations. But this is not to mean that one representation is more authentic than the other. Knowing our position and how it contributes to the overall conversation of Pacifica representation allows us to broaden the scope of Pacifica indigeneity. Just because we live thousands of miles away from the homeland, or in my case, just a few nautical miles, doesn't mean we are any less worthy of representation. Understanding where our position is in the conversation is a powerful tool to showcase the nuances of this broader representation. In addition, Deep Pacific means having a dedicated space where we can all share our particular experiences and how they contribute to the colorful image that represents who we are as people on this earth. It means being able to share your frustrations of our shared colonial histories without the fear of being judged for putting our respective culture and peoples first. It's the idea that we can come together and have meaningful and impactful conversations that are free of colonial or Western judgment so that we can envision a more free and prosperous life for our people. It's a space where we can bounce ideas off each other and gain better understanding of our perspectives as well as those of other Pacifica people. Ultimately, Deep Pacifica to me means having depth meaning we go beyond the surface of the water and dive deeper into the depths of our Pacific Ocean. To go beyond the surface is to recognize that there is more to us than meets the eye. It means that there is more to us than the misrepresentations depicted of us outside our region. It means that we are more than our colonial histories or the traumas that come with them. It means that we are more than just surface level. We're complex human beings with varying degrees of depth and we each have a unique but familiar story to tell. Deep Pacific to me is the exploration of our wisdom, intelligence, experiences, values, viewpoints, practices. It's the culmination of what makes us who we are. And it is the zenith of our being that reaches far beyond the depths of the deepest parts of our ocean. 
from which our beginnings crash onto sandy shores, thriving for millennia and continuing into the future generations. Deep Pacific is our way of reframing what it means to be an Indigenous person of the Pacific, and it is our way of re-establishing the most important factors in our lives, our ocean, which is the intrinsic inheritance that links all of today's Pacifica together, just as it did when our people were first finding their way through our vast ocean. Biba Deep Pacifics and Biba Tata Pacificu. Once again, undankaluna sizuus maasi to Kalani for having me on today's episode. Now that you have heard that, I also wanted to answer the question of what does Deep Pacific mean to me? I'm going to answer this pretty much off the cuff here. (laughs) So what does Deep Pacific mean to me? It means representation, first of all. It means that the voices of people like me, the younger and up and coming, the ones in the future who will be leading the charge. We are the ones that are going to be passed this baton. It's like an Ekiden relay. And Deep Pacific is my way of preparing myself to be able to receive that baton. You know, you pass it to me and I'm ready and willing to hold this weight on my back. And this weight is heavy, no doubt. Growing up, I would be the walking dictionary and thesaurus for my family because I knew a lot of random things. I like to joke around that I know a little bit about a lot of things. Deep Pacific is really just my outlet. It is my creative outlet. It is also my passion because, as I mentioned on the episode on identity in the beginning, I came into knowing about myself and my people after high school so kind of later coming into it so late it feels like you have so much to catch up on and where do you start when the only places that hold your history and your artifacts are museums where do you start when you don't know who to turn to when you don't know any pacifica scholars when you're not on social media and when you are feeling homesick or like you don't want to confront these lies you've been told your whole life where do you start and these are really big questions i have so many questions how can i grow up as a pacific person how can i grow up on an island surrounded by the ocean and not be curious about that and the history and what got us here so although marine sciences that's my career and my passion this also ties in with it Climate change is going to happen, whether I want it to or not. Colonization has happened, whether I want it to or not. The best way I can find to grapple with the amount of knowledge and unlearning and learning I have to do is to do it in a way that um, that, that makes me happy. And Deep Pacific really satisfies that need. It forces me to go out of my comfort zone and learn about other cultures in the Pacific. It is what I needed when I was in the States. You know, I had no way of feeling connected or close to my home. There was no way for me to be exposed to the news in a way that satisfied me without also learning about the things that I was missing out on back home. So Deep Pacific really satisfies that need 
for me, it's what I would want in a podcast. It's exactly what I would want. I wanted a podcast that included all these diverse perspectives, and I wanted one that had different perspectives every episode. I wanted to find the people out there who were like me, who ask all these questions, who've had to grapple with all this information and knowledge about their cultures, and you know, who also have questions about other ones. Being a part of the Deep Pacific Collective is really so humbling and great. It's grounding because I get to ask a bunch of people from different places in the Pacific, "Hey, what's your word for breadfruit?" And I get to hear responses. I get to share resources. I get to say, "Hey, can we collaborate on this?" And we're coming up with so many cool things and ideas and concepts for the future. Obviously, I'm just one person, but the fact that I can reach so many people is great because it means that the message gets out faster. It means that. You don't have to go searching so hard now for it, and once we get all the basics out of the way, I am so pumped for season two. Like you all have no idea, and so that's it for me. Now that you've heard from the team, we would love to hear from you about what does Deep Pacific mean to you. Let us know what you think at Deep Pacific Pod on Instagram and Twitter. The stories and the ways we relate to our listeners is truly such a special bond, and we hear about what you say. We hear when people share. One of our contributors, Shaw, was mentioning that out of the blue, in Hawaii, somebody started speaking to her and asked her if she had heard about Deep Pacific podcast, <laughs> and.、Um, Yeah, it just it it brings a tear to my eyes. Honestly, thinking about the ways in which our contributors and our listeners share and spread this message, it's extremely humbling. Sayna Maasi, and thank you for your attention. Let us know what you think at Deep Pacific Pod on Instagram and Twitter. I appreciate you. Just know that we are also working on another bonus episode about Philippine diasporic identity. So that one is also forthcoming, and that one will be a bonus episode as well. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.